0: Hello, and welcome to Setting the Standard, the podcast about wireless radio standards creation from the Wireless Innovation Forum. Want to know the latest about the CBRS band, 6 gigahertz, the SCA, or any other advanced radio technology hot topics? You're in the right place. I'm your host and communications director of the forum, Stephanie Hamill. In this episode, I'm talking with John Glossner of Optimum Semiconductor Technologies and Louise Lamont of CRC Canada. About the forum's Unmanned Autonomous Vehicle Wireless Networking, or Drone for shorthand, special interest group. The group is currently putting together a work report on the technological state of the industry on wireless drone networking. Okay, hi John, hi Louise, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Stephanie. Okay, Um, okay, so today we're talking about the Unmanned Vehicle Wireless Network Special Interest Group. It's a mouthful. Um, And about a year ago, uh, the forum initiated the special interest group and we really focus on drones. So, John, can you tell me why a special interest group and why it was formed?
1: Yeah. So, if you think about the work in the forum, uh, we're organized into committees, and those committees usually take on major topics like spectrum sharing, uh, or advanced technologies for R and D, or six gigahertz, or you know, large, large portions of work. Then, within those committees, they're typically organized into work groups on you know various topics you know, like testing within spectrum sharing or certification and security, things like this. And then even within that, they break down into smaller uh, task groups, uh, which focus on something that might be of interest to one of the working groups. Uh, And a good example, uh, which I think you're going to cover in a future blog, is environmental sensing capability sensors, ESC sensors. That was a task group under work group one of the spectrum sharing committee every now and then, something comes along that might span committees or isn't really as uh, focused uh, in in topic as maybe to be organized into a work group or task group. And so when we looked at unmanned aerial vehicles, otherwise commonly known as drones, uh, we thought this would be a good candidate for a special interest group because it has interest across multiple committees. And there are people from all of the different committees who who, uh, are participating in the drone special interest group. So we set it up that way uh, so that first, its topics aren't really limited other than anything unmanned aerial vehicles, any UAV topic is permissible, uh, and it would also have broad appeal across multiple committees. So that's how we sort of ended up with the special interest group.
0: Okay, Um, and so what topics then have you discussed since your formation?
1: So we've had actually a wide range of contributions uh, over the last year uh a, a number of them had to do with open source but even beyond that how to get licensed as you know pilots or at least recreational pilots what are the part 107 requirements uh unmanned traffic management and remote id and some other very you know kind of uh sensitive uh topics like rid uh we've had discussions on that and they've ranged across a, a broad category of uh of companies If I pick out a couple that I think are interesting. So we spent quite a bit of time on open source projects within UAVs. And we started looking at everything from the simulation of UAV systems uh, with uh, things like AirSim, uh, which allows you to simulate the path of a drone and then renders it in Unreal Engine in pretty pretty remarkable 3D quality. Uh, So that was one of the topics. And then we looked at a number of simulators as well, uh, both for, like, uh, that can be used for drone uh, swarms, as well as even the communication systems. Uh, So there's, you know, like LTE and things like that. They can all run on the same event-based simulators, and there's multiple open source uh, projects uh, that do these exact same things. We spent a lot of time in that area looking at open APIs, uh, autopilots, uh, there's a couple open source autopilots, even open hardware to build your own drones. So those all were uh, some interesting contributions, uh, but, but more recently we've had a pretty major effort going on in interference detection and localization. Uh, and so that was a contribution, pretty, pretty large one that was made just recently and an interesting uh, area for discussion.
0: Yeah, and we have uh, Louise here from CRC who made that contribution. So Louise, can you talk about that a little bit for us?
2: Yeah, so um, uh, currently the regulators are using ground uh, sensors, whether they're fixed and mobile to to detect interference and to localize it. But it's got its limitations. So uh, whenever you're in an area where there's a lot of multipath or Um, if if you're in an area where there's mountains or or blockage, um, then the ground ground sensors are not able to detect interference. In the same way, if the interference is is elevated, uh, the ground sensors can't pick it up. So we see drones as a complementary sensor to be able to overcome the limitations of the ground sensors. And um, as technology is evolving, and uh, safety also capabilities are progressing and evolving. Uh, We think that drones could be used possibly by the regulators in the the future to be able to to detect and uh, localize interference.
0: That's great, Louise. Can you talk about some of the highlights from the report?
2: Yeah, so we did look at the rules and regulations uh, for drones uh, for flight operations in Canada, the U.S., um, the UK and and uh, the European Union and uh, they're quite different actually and even in the states they're different from uh, the rules can be different from one state to another uh, but they do have some commonalities um, the drones need to be registered uh, pilots need to be certified there's certain heights that you can uh, and weights that you can you know there's restrictions on weights and heights um, and also you, you 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 can't just use the uh the drones can't fly over uh crowds or over uh close to airports so there are some restrictions there um but the report focuses on um 25 kilogram uh with payload uh drones uh because the uh restrictions are not as uh as stringent um we also looked at um, uh, activities that were being done um, uh, in corporation industry, in academia, we did a, lit- a literature survey, but we did also, um, we, um, we interviewed a number of regulators and we were wanting to know how they were using drones to, to do spectrum monitoring. And basically it fell into two different categories uh they they use the drones to um to to um for compliance purposes so so, so what they're doing is they're really looking at the radio towers or the cellular towers and uh they're looking to see if the power levels are okay if the antennas are are, are the antenna patterns so they're looking more at compliance and mm-hmm. um and, and in urban areas but there are some, uh, some use cases for uh, interference uh, detection and localization, and uh, those are a little bit more, I guess, futuristic. And uh, it, it's all about uh, being able to use drones in courtyards, in, in, on top of buildings, uh, behind buildings where, where the ground sensors uh, can not have access. So, some of the regulators uh, saw saw these as like potential really interesting use cases. Um, But the problem with these is that you need that, you will need a a special flight uh, authorization and these take a long time uh, to, uh, it takes a long time to get those. Um, So, the idea would be to be able to expedite these. So if you're doing if you're doing interference uh, detection and localization in an urban area, you can't wait a long time to get to get a certification because then the interference it, it's just causing it, it's just too lengthy. So the idea is to be able to expedite these these certificates. And um, and and we see we see that with everything, like the rules keep changing all the time because we're making so much progress with the technology. So we see that happening. So uh, so having authorization to be able to fly in certain areas, in urban areas, yeah.
0: Okay, that sounds incredibly broad. <laughs> um, so thank you for that contribution. And John, how how will this be used as well as some of the other ones? So,
1: so what we're doing right now is we're taking the contributions that we have and uh, putting them together uh, into a, a technical report, uh, which will be the first work product uh, from the special interest group. Uh, and that's a TR on the technological state of the industry on wireless drone networking. So it will have all of the things that Louise just talked about, as well as you know unmanned traffic management uh, and open source projects that can support that.
0: Fantastic, and who uh, who is the recipient or the beneficiary of this report?
1: So we expect actually a pretty broad uh, swath of the industry to benefit from this. Everyone from wireless telecommunications regulators to autonomous vehicle manufacturers, including even airborne ground or even submersible, uh, aviation Mm -hmm. electronics suppliers, automotive electronics suppliers, uh, defense Mm -hmm. electronics manufacturers, and uh, of course, wireless networking system integrators and and that'll be actually across a wide range of applications as well both commercial and defense uh everything from ground transportation systems to you know drone taxis and things like this uh to even one uh application out of defense that was just recently accomplished which was aerial refueling from a drone
0: that's exciting that's a lot um what kind of timeline are we looking at
1: so we've been taking these contributions, uh, some of which are already uh, in in written form, others are in PowerPoint form, and we're integrating that. Uh, I think we'll probably be looking forward to having a first draft in a few weeks. Uh, then it'll go through review within the the Drone Special Interest Group, and eventually it'll be go through review across you know the the, the membership of the forum in general. So it'll probably be a couple of months before it's actually available to the public and hoping to have the first draft within a few weeks.
0: That's great. And of course, we'll let everybody know when that happens. And it'll be on our Twitter and um, on our website. Um, and what? so what's next, John, after this report is done?
1: So certainly we've had many topics uh, that we've already identified. Of, of which we'll then continue to work on, some of which are in research and development, you know, for modeling and simulation, maybe even building experimental prototypes, things like that. Others are in defense and uh, civil government, uh, you know, things like even surveillance and, and uh, uh, other applications like that. But even if it goes beyond that, even to include things like business models for, for drone companies. Uh, and maybe intellectual property, what are the you know, IPR rights and you know who has what and you know the open source implications uh and patents on that. So we have a whole bunch of of topics uh identified uh, that after we get this TR out, we'll continue to to look at and work on.
0: That's great. There'll be a busy SIG for the long-term future, it looks like.
1: Mm-hmm
0: got a lot to to do. All right. Well, thank you so much, Louise. Thank you, John. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today.
1: All right. Thanks, Steph.
0: Take care.